0: How do you build a highly successful, kind company? I built an eight figure global sustainable brand by the age of 28, and now I'm building kind community into a portfolio that helps create a healthier and more sustainable future. In this podcast, I share the many failures and lessons I've learned in scaling my own purpose driven brand, working alongside the largest, most recognizable brands in the world, and helping you do the same. So if you're interested in kind leadership and making the sustainable, attainable, and accessible, this is for you. Hi, and welcome to the Kind Community Sustainability Podcast. I'm your host, Gianna Velli, and on the show, we uncover the stories, tactics, and skills of people doing great things for the planet and turn their experiences into practical advice that you can use to impact your own life and those around you. Our primary aim is to make the sustainable, attainable, through education, transparency, and collaboration. Did you know that around 120 billion units of packaging are produced every year by the global cosmetics industry? Much of that isn't recyclable. Recycle Now campaign points to its recent statistics that show that while 90% of us recycle packaging in our kitchens, only half of that is being recycled in the bathroom. In today's episode, you'll hear our conversation with Claudia Gwinnett, founder of Circular. Claudia started Circler after being fed up with the single-use plastic in her daily routine and the lack of options in her lifestyle. The company aims to reduce single-use packaging waste from your daily routine by making the most responsible choice the convenient choice. They only work with environmentally friendly, ethical brands from the UK and deliver on bicycles and EVs to ensure the lowest possible carbon footprint. Finally, when you're finished with the products, they'll replenish your products and they'll collect the empties to be washed and refilled again and again, helping you break up with unnecessary single-use plastic. Thanks for joining me today, Claudia.
1: Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: My pleasure. So firstly, I'd love to know how you I love how you use the phrase "the milkman reimagined for beauty." How did you come up with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, when you know when we when I started Circler and you know this idea of kind of reusing packaging, it truly it's not we're not really doing anything technically that innovative. Um, these are actually you know the milk model um, is you know it's it's super traditional. It, you know it's been around for years. Um, you know, depending how old everyone is, you know, your grandparents, you know, it's probably definitely that's the way that their milk was delivered. And obviously, recently, they've become, you know, a lot more popular. And there's kind of some new companies that have come out like Milk and More and the Modern Milkmen, who've kind of focused on kind of food. Um, and when I was looking of a very simple way, to, you know, to describe Circular to really kind of, Make sure that a customer could understand it in like kind of two seconds immediately what it did. Um, the Milkman model obviously refers to this idea of kind of picking up and replacing packaging. And obviously, we've just taken that traditional model and you know, reimagined it for beauty products. Um, and it just it just felt like a very easy way to 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 explain it to a customer group.
0: Do you tell us a bit more about the defining moment that made you start circler?
1: Yeah, so um, my background was kind of not in the beauty industry um, or actually in, you know, coming from a sustainability-type background. I actually worked um, in financial services for about 10 years. Um, And, you know, I, I had this moment where I kind of looked at, kind of combined with what I was doing and feeling slightly unfulfilled in what I was doing, and it felt very detached from some of my own personal values. And at the same time, and this was about two years ago when I kind of first started thinking about the kind of concept of Circular. you had obviously just had this kind of huge blue planet um, kind of David Attenborough effect that was kind of sweeping the nation or well, the world, really. And it really made me stop and think about my own consumption patterns. And I realised, you know, wow, I actually kind of consume quite mindlessly. I'm not really aware or think about what happens to all that packaging. You know, I would... I was generally quite conscious in what I was buying potentially, but, you know, I would put the stuff in the bin and, you know, I just kind of had this belief, I guess, that it was, you know, getting recycled. I didn't have any idea how broken the recycling infrastructure was, not just here in the UK, but actually all around the world. And as I actually just became more educated, I started looking for businesses that were doing, I guess, something like Circular options available. And everything that kind of came about just seemed not really to fit with my lifestyle you know it's either really expensive but you have to kind of sacrifice on the quality of the product and then the biggest thing was that they were all just kind of really inconvenient um and it was really through that kind of personal journey that kind of led me um to see realize that actually there's a market opportunity but also this is just something I would want in my life and I would use and that felt like the kind of perfect um reason i guess to kind of yeah quit your job and uh, and jump into the startup world <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they you know i mentioned that about 50 percent of bathroom packaging and plastics don't end actually end up being recycled What? why do you think that is
1: so um i think for a lot of people i think the the recycling stats for just your bathroom products is generally because in the kitchen people tend to have a recycling bin and a maybe general rubbish bin. So you're more likely, let's say, if you've finished, I don't know, um, you know, your milk or something like that, you're more likely to be like, oh, this can be recycled and the, the recycling bin's kind of quite close to you. Whereas in your bathroom, people tend to have quite a small little rubbish bin. And that's already just a show of like kind of how little inconvenience we might place into our lives and how we consume stuff. So you kind of just you know, throw it away in there. And then when you're emptying out your bins, you just kind of, no one really wants to sort through that. So they just kind of dump it away. Um, but I think the actual bigger problem is not, and this is something I've always been really frustrated about is not really the focus on consumers. Um, but actually, even if you did everything correctly, so let's say you were one of those people who avidly recycled all their stuff and made sure it went into the right bin. The actual issue is that, The recycling infrastructure is just not set up to handle that much waste. um, And it's not developed enough to deal with all the different types of waste that we have. So even if you do do the whole process properly, the chances are your waste isn't even going to get recycled. So if we think of a lot of beauty products, which are packaged in plastic and generally quite hard to recycle plastic. So there's pumps and components and pipettes and all sorts of things. um, The chances are that actually even if you did it correctly it won't even get recycled so I mean there's a very harrowing stat stat, statistic that about only nine percent of plastic ever made has been recycled Um, and I think you know that was one of the founding reasons you know why I started Circle because it was not a case of telling people to recycle more it was fundamentally changing you know the way that we use and throw away those products and making sure that we reuse them rather than just promoting people to recycle more.
0: Wow. What has been or perhaps still are some of the biggest challenges faced when ensuring sustainable practices are an integral part of your business decisions?
1: Yeah, you know, I I know um, I'm in a really good network of um, kind of sustainable companies. And we talk about this a lot because there is a really when you're starting out, there is a lot of things that sometimes businesses are small businesses don't have access to having the best sustainable practices because you are small. So, for example, you know, I always want to work with kind of British suppliers to make sure that, you know, we're buying kind of locally so it's not being, you know, transported all over the place. Um, But sometimes you unfortunately just can't work with the supplier that you want to because their minimum order quantity is like 10,000 units of something and, you know, you only need a couple of hundred. And I think there's this kind of fine balance between, letting these businesses start which are trying to be sustainable and do something but this kind of understanding that they're not perfect from day one but as long as they kind of stick to their philosophy you know there's a kind of journey towards being truly sustainable um that they're going you know going to go on so you know I definitely struggled with that um it has meant you know we've tended to like, I think 90% of our suppliers are British. Um, And a lot of the time, it's also just meant that we move a bit slower, because that just requires a whole lot of extra work to research, um, negotiate, you know, when it would have probably been easier to be like, Oh, I just ordered this on Amazon or something like that, or, you know, get it from China. So I think, that balance of you know doing right by the planet and having a minimal impact but also growing and being scalable is probably one of the biggest you know a very big challenge that we definitely face
0: switching to reusable coffee cups taking reusable bags to the grocery store swapping household items green alternatives feels like a band-aid solution to the irreversible damage that plastics already have created um you know that often leads to feelings of disempowerment because the scale of Actions don't match up with the normality of the problem as individuals what would be your advice be in tackling the war on plastics what other things can we be doing
1: yeah I mean so my first advice is that I don't I I wouldn't I, I hope that people don't feel discouraged it obviously can feel like such a drop in the ocean you know you're like oh here I am with my reusable coffee cup but actually you know, I, I read this um, article last year on reusable coffee cups, and I'm sure nearly everyone owns one, but the reality is, I mean, this is pre-pandemic, um, so I think this data came from 2019, that it was still something like 2% of coffee, only 2% of coffee in the UK was being sold in reusable cups. And then when you add in how much energy has gone into producing reusable coffee cups, I mean, I must have six at home from various events and things that, you know, I went to and stuff, Um and generally, they're quite intensive materials. You know, they're made of glass and, um, you know, it's, it's actually it takes more energy to make. So there's this kind of really complex problem. And, you know, sustainability is complex. But if I take a step back from the complexity of it, I think as consumers, one of the biggest power you have is what you spend your money with. And whilst it can feel really... Um, you know you're kind of walking through treacle a little bit because you know the scale of the problem is so big you know i think there's this quote that someone said you know eight billion straws you know you know eight one straw said someone but times that by eight billion people which is on the planet and actually if everyone was doing these small changes they can really add up to a know to a huge amount of you know progress and change um so we really advocate and it's kind of the core of our philosophy at Circler, um which is around kind of small sustainable changes and and when i mean sustainable things that people can do you know all the time that are easy to implement in their life and kind of small swaps that if everyone did they could have a huge impact Um, in terms of other changes you know i think some of the big things for me which can lead to huge changes checking your energy supplier um, things like your pension, um, quite boring stuff compared to like getting a really nice coffee cup, but actually can really have a huge impact So making sure that your pension um, and who it's you know who your money being invested with is in in companies that you kind of believe in, and you know a little bit of research can go a long way. I think the next best thing for me is uh, the sustainability movement has also driven a lot of people to feel like they need to buy new stuff, and actually the best thing you can do is ready use what you have at home um you know recently there's been this explosion in bamboo toothbrushes but if you already own an electric toothbrush keep using that that's by far the best thing than throwing that away which you know it can't be recycled um you know the same with clothes um and yeah so i you know i would just promote a more mindful kind of consumption um but not depriving of you know not deprive yourself of the things that you love
0: conscious buying decisions and Mm you know, maybe not even buying something if you don't need to, right? Have a think about it before you go into it. What would you like other companies to learn from Circular?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, you know, I would love people to learn is when I started Circular, the biggest thing that people said to me was, operationally, you're never going to be able to implement this return process. So they call it kind of reverse logistics. So if you think about how we all get our products delivered online, you know, a courier will deliver it to you. And, you know, you unpackage it, you put that packaging in the bin. And what we've done at Circular is obviously that packaging kind of goes into, let's call it a Circular bin, which we come and pick up. And... I look at so many companies, you know, like meal kit delivery companies to me, you know, like the likes of Gusto and um, I can't think of the other guys names now. But, you know, I think they're doing a great thing because actually food waste is a ginormous problem and kind of giving people only the ingredients that they need really stops food waste. But like anyone knows who's used any of those services, it comes in an enormous amount of single use packaging. And what I would love for these, you know, for these companies to start looking at is, how can they take responsibility and accountability for that packaging? How could it be returned? How could it be reused? You know, it's the same with like Deliveroo, which obviously is so convenient. How would we have all survived the last year without kind of takeaways, um, having a kind of respite from the dishwasher. Um, But at the same time, I mean, that's a huge amount of packaging and there are companies that are launching. There's a company in East London called Drop, and they actually pick up your takeaway packaging and reuse it. So I think, looking at not being so afraid of what could look quite complex initially but actually can have a huge impact and taking responsibility for the packaging and the impact you have on the planet and not leaving it with the consumer you know is is my biggest message to other companies
0: where do you take inspiration from like which companies which leaders do you most admire
1: yeah, I mean, I take inspiration from you know lots of lots of different places. Um, I really, I'm like, kind of in awe of lots of companies who are particularly working in the kind of reusable you know space in particular. So, the first um, someone who you know I'm really really obsessed with, as a company, there's a company in the US called Blue Land. They were the, one of the first companies to kind of revolutionise, I guess, the cleaning industry by making sure that you get concentrated tabs sent to, sent to you over um actually 90% of cleaning products is made of water um and you have water at home so they just kind of send you these tabs and they've actually created a really high performing and you know high performing quality product that also looks really great and that people want so those are the kind of people that I take huge inspiration from um Dame in the UK I think is kind of you know absolutely up there um I think they're, a fantastic brand doing incredible things um and they've taken you know what they do they've obviously got this whole reuse um element around their kind of applicators but also linked it to kind of being huge campaigners for for women and you know period poverty in the uk so companies who link you know who go so beyond just what they're trying to do but link it into kind of further mission work um yeah i'm I'm always deeply inspired by them
0: What's next for you? What are you most worried about and what are you most hopeful for?
1: So what I'm most worried about, um, I'm not sh- I, I think we've we've got some big changes happening um, to Circular this year. So kind of big development stuff. Um, and I'll be interested to see how that lands with customers. So um, we're redesigning our packaging. Um, and it's, it's just scary stuff that I'm not personally as a founder, I'm... Always nervous about because it's 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 always new and that's always scary. I think what I'm most hopeful for is, you know, I launched Circle in November of last year and it has just grown so quickly over the last few months. Um, you know, we started out with eight brands. By the end of May, we're going to have nearly thirty brands on the platform. Um, so the response from brands to be involved, you know, from customers is has been amazing. So I'm so excited about being able to expand across London, you know, have all these new brands on board. Um, yeah. And just kind of continue to grow and continue to have an impact.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Claudia. This is the quick fire round. So try and answer as quickly as possible. What does sustainability mean to you?
1: Um, sustainability means to me is making decisions that have a minimal impact on the planet and its resources.
0: What's the best business book you've read?
1: They're, I can't think of the name, but it is not a business book, but it's called I think it's called The Green Dilemma. I i can follow up with you afterwards. Ooh, it's actually right next to me. So, it's, No, it's called Is It Really Green? Um, and it's an amazing book by um, Melissa Hemsley. Um, yeah, highly, highly recommend it.
0: What's your favorite sustainable hack?
1: It is definitely reusing old clothes for kind of tea towels and cleaning cloths around the house.
0: (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) What what would be one bit of advice you would give your younger 20 year old self?
1: Be a bit more patient. It will all work out in the end.
0: I wish I'd. Yeah, I think that's one bit of advice I'd give myself as well. Um, Claudia, thanks so much. Please tell us where we can connect with you, Circular, and how can listeners support you?
1: Yeah, definitely. So if you are based in London, um, obviously, you know, please come and, you know, switch to switch to refills with us. You can find us online. We're at um, www.circler.co.uk. Um, we're also on Instagram with Circular, but with an underscore. Um, and, you know, yeah, if you are based in central London, I'm more than happy to offer everyone in the kind community a little discount. So just use welcome 15 all in capitals and you'll get 15% off your first order.
0: Oh, thank you so much for that offer. Welcome 15 all in capitals. Yep. Great stuff. Thanks, Claudia. Really appreciate it. Thank, Thanks for sharing more about what you're doing and uh, bye for now.
1: No, thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you.
0: If you're inspired by my conversation with Claudia, please remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with anyone that you think would love to join our community. Remember to live what you listen and to put into action what you have learned today. Because knowledge isn't power, it's potential power. And you have to use that knowledge for it to be powerful. Together, we can make the sustainable attainable. I'm Jana Velli, and this is The Kind Community Show.